Hey, welcome to episode 86 of the Is That Normal podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Uh, We're going to be taking a look at our recent survey results and hearing from you, our listeners, about some of the things that have helped you as well as some of the things that you're continuing to look for as we try to raise our families to follow Christ. Uh, Today, Randall is not able to join us. He'll be returning with us on our next episode as we talk about helping our children find the help that they need. Uh, But today we're going to be digging into these survey results and we'll just have to talk about Randall's beard behind his back. Well, we just want to really thank everyone who regularly joins us uh, and listens to our podcast and follows our content, and uh, also just really appreciate those who responded to our survey and gave us some feedback as well as some insight into what we can do to help you. Um, you know, and, and we really do hope that this is a platform to create a community where we can share ideas and help each other uh, navigate this really difficult, challenge, and yet wonderful uh, experience we have of raising our children, uh, but raising them to love Jesus and follow him and uh, dedicate their lives to him. You know, and as we got our survey results in, we really saw that that was also on your all hearts. Um all of your hearts, you know, what was as we looked at our responses, one of the biggest areas of concern uh, uh, seemed to revolve around spiritual development and how we can be equipped to do that better. Uh, a couple of specific responses we got were uh, one person said they really wanted to make sure that their children were getting connection with others that center on Christ. Uh, and another said that they really worry about their children having the strength that withstand spiritual opposition. And, uh, and that's uh, on all of our hearts as we are Christian parents trying to, to navigate uh, this world we live in. And so, so we, uh, we appreciate your feedback on that. Uh, and as we looked at the results, there's a few areas that just kind of kept popping up that we know that we're going to hit on in some of the upcoming episodes. So be watching for these. But here's some things that we're going to be dealing with because of what you said in uh, your survey results. We're going to be talking about developing strong, healthy relationships with our children. That's a continuing, ongoing heartbeat of ours is helping uh, equip and, and talk about some of the ways that we can have better conversations, uh, make deeper connections, and continue to be influenced in our children's lives as they grow into adulthood. Uh, we're also going to talk about how to resolve conflicts. Uh, boy, if you're a human and you live with other humans, you're going to have conflicts. I know at my house we, we had some of those just this morning, and uh, and and you know there's there's just a challenge in all of that. But there's also some tools that we can use to help diffuse situations as well as uh, uh, make make a positive outcome of those. And so we're gonna have an episode all dedicated to that coming up in just a few uh, episodes away. Uh, and then we're going to just continue looking for helpful book resources uh, to train us as parents on how to better. Uh, spiritually develop our families. And so we're just going to try to bring a lot of that content coming up in the next uh, few months. And so we're looking forward to that and appreciate your feedback to help us kind of dial in those things. Uh, There was a couple of uh, more results I wanted to share that are kind of fun results. Uh, We did get one response in regards to Randall's beard, and uh, they simply said it was someone that that who knows Randall's wife, and because they care about Randall's wife, and they know that Randall's wife cares about Randall, that they're okay with the beard. So so that's kind of like... like being okay with a beard because of association, I guess. So, uh, so that was kind of fun. Uh, and then another was, is that we did have one poor soul who said that they had given up coffee 
and asked us to pray for them on that final uh, question response. And so we, we are praying for you. Uh, and with all of that said, we just uh, decided that since also another person said that their favorite episode was uh, or episode eight, number eight, which was all about rites of passage, but also about coffee, uh, that today with the absence of Randall, that we would do a, uh, a recast of episode eight on rites of passage and when to let your kids drink coffee. So hope you enjoy episode eight uh, from our early days of Is That Normal podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to episode eight of Is That Normal, the podcast. You know, Randall and I are something of coffee connoisseurs, and today we're going to be making here live single origin whole bean French pressed Panamanian coffee. This is so. exciting. You can you can probably hear the pot boiling as as we speak. Yes, and so and so, Randall, you want to show them what we're what we're going to be brewing yes, up here? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so uh, these are Panamanian beans, the, the Duran brand that um, we usually come back with in bulk from Panama. So this is a fresh bag we just opened today that, that came back with us on our last Panama trip. So uh, there's, there's always excitement when we open the bag for the first time because we get to um, take that big first sniff of the beans. So, so maybe why don't you tell us your first like experiences or memories of coffee becoming a thing for you? Um, probably when I was in high school. Well, no, let me back up. In, in the Boggs family, it is coffee is, is just something that everyone drinks and does. Um, my grandma's house, her coffee pot ran 24-7. Uh, it didn't matter if you showed up at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 2 o'clock in the morning. The coffee pot was on and there was fresh coffee in it. And so it just kind of became like the place that everybody knew. You know, didn't really matter if you, you were invited or not. You knew you could show up and there would be hot coffee. And so so that's kind of where it started. And then when I got into high school, uh, we started going down downtown Springfield to some of the, the cool coffee houses down there and, and just kind of getting into a little bit more of the, the fancier coffees or, or, you know, getting to be a little bit more of a connoisseur and so really got to to where I loved to try new coffees and and go to different places and so that that continues today very good so I, I'm going to share my experience with coffee but first we got we got to grind these beans okay, so we're going to count to by. 10 Right. right. Very good. So, yeah, I know for me, coffee started very early as well. My dad was a coffee drinker, and uh, and I, I think I was about 12, maybe, uh, maybe a little younger than that, when uh, my dad first started letting me drink coffee with him. And that was a big deal. Um, at first, uh, it maybe it wasn't so much about the taste as it was about doing something that my dad did that I didn't get to do until I was a little bit older. And so that's going to tie a lot into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. In, in my family, it was always when you get old enough to get hair on your chest. That was, that was the, uh, <laughs> the telltale time that you were allowed to drink coffee. Um, but today we're, we're going to talk about why, uh, when starting to drink coffee and other milestones or rites of passage are actually really important in the development of your children. Right, our water is ready here, and we are gonna we're gonna start this process of letting this steep for about four minutes, and then we're gonna have hot coffee. Fantastic. 
Well, as we mentioned earlier, today we're going to talk about uh, a concept that, that may, you may know better as rites of passage or <clears throat> you know, giving, having milestones for, for our children and, and how that con- having that concept in our house um, is important. And you can literally use something just as simple as the first, the first cup of coffee as, as an important milestone in, in your family's development or your children's things that they get to look forward to. Yeah, I know for us that literally has become a thing. Um, again, really, barring back from what my dad did, you know, let me drink coffee when I was about 10, 11, 12. Uh, I've let my kids start drinking coffee with me when they hit double digits. That That's literally a, a standard in our house. Uh, because they see me drink, I drink a lot of coffee, and my wife drinks a lot of coffee. And so every kid, as they've kind of hit that milestone of, of 10, uh, they've gotten to start drinking coffee with us in the morning. And now we're up to, we, we do about three French presses every morning to, to cover all the coffee that we drink. <laughs> with with more to come. Yeah. So so tell us why why is that important? Why is having a milestone like getting your first cup of coffee important? Well, you know, a, a little bit, like I said, is nostalgia for me, uh, you know, passing on something that, that was generational. Uh, it's also, it's fun. You know, it's something we get to enjoy together as a family, and it sort of kind of makes memories that way. Coffee is really good. Uh, I always tell people if they put cream and sugar in their coffee, it's because they're drinking bad coffee. If Absolutely. you have the kind of coffee we're making today, um, it's, it's good stuff. So, so I'm, uh, but, but really, it's, it's also this concept of building expectation into our kids uh, to help them uh, with developmental milestones. Uh, you know, so at double digits, my kids get to start drinking coffee, but they also get their own zone in our house that is their responsibility to clean every day. Uh, and so their chore load just about doubles at that point. Yeah. Uh, my daughter Ruthie is currently nine, and we were sitting around drinking coffee the other day, and she asked if she could drink coffee. And I said, you're getting really close, Ruth. <laughs> uh, and uh, I said, so, you know, yeah, when you hit double digits, you're going to get coffee, and your chores are going to double. And she said, <gasps> What? <laughs> so she kind of had this double take uh, moment. With with privilege comes responsibility. <laughs> life life lessons. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and so so that's just one though of the mm-hmm. milestones we kind of created in our house to try to create um, both that expectation as well as a sense of responsibility for our kids. Um, we live on a little hobby farm, and so most of our kids, as they've gotten into those uh, preteen, teen years, we've let them start little farm businesses, buy an animal, raise it up, you know, maybe sell eggs or sell uh, the animals that they get from that, uh, sell babies. And so that's kind of a cool thing, but again, it comes with responsibility. Um, somewhere in there, when they start making a little bit of money that way, uh, we get them a checking account, uh, I think. Uh, and that's been various ages. Uh, you know, one didn't get till they're 13. I think one got when they were 11. You know, mm-hmm. so so we we give them a bank account and uh, teach them how to balance it. Teach them how to write checks. Uh, you know, it was really cool. My son, when he first started driving, uh, he had an older vehicle that needed some repairs to get it up and ready for him to drive it. And so he went in and wrote a check out for the repairs. And the people behind the counter were like, "Whoa! I'm not sure I've ever <laughs> seen a kid your age write a check before." You know, but. But it was, you know, it, it's, it's both significance as well as a rite of passage to do those things. And, and do you find that even those things that maybe are, are more of a responsibility, that there becomes even some anticipation of even those things that, that maybe are considered, you know, 
extra extra chores or extra duties that that they they begin to actually anticipate getting to do some of those things yeah and you know we are on a path and a journey and we're learning all the time we told told our oldest son um, you're an experiment and uh, you know we're gonna make all sorts of mistakes <laughs> with the you pig. and uh, and so uh, but you know we've really learned and, and as the younger ones have seen the older ones do that that's really become a big deal for those younger kids mm-hmm. to go when do, when do I get to do what Ethan gets to do when do, when do I get to do what Shiloh gets to do and so that's really helped in that mm-hmm. um, you know and so you know today in our culture we uh, kind of have uh, an interesting Thing as far as rites of passage and significant tasks uh, are concerned, because uh, as you go back in history, there are um, in most cultures these definitive rites of passage moments sure. where you are no longer a child; you're now an adult, and you know that could be a, a variety of things. But you know, maybe it's going on your first hunt with the men, or maybe it's uh, you know getting married, mm-hmm. um, because in a lot of cultures, you know, it was like childhood and then you were married and, and that was just, you know, you became an adult, but we've now got this beautiful thing called adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's this really awkward place between childhood and adulthood. And nobody really knows when you become adult, when did you become an adult, Randall? Uh, that's a good, that's a really good question because I think it, I think especially maybe more now than ever, it, it it can vary mm-hmm. widely um, from from one family or one child to another. You know, and so, and I think our coffee's ready, so I'm going to oh, pour some fantastic. coffee up here. But, but why don't you tell us some of the big milestones you saw as you grew up for you? Like, what were some mm-hmm. of those moments you look forward to um, as you move from like you know preteen into yeah. teen into adult? Uh, the for me, one of the which pause for a second. I, I have to point out that I brought. My favorite coffee cup ever. This was my grandmother's coffee, one of my grandmother's coffee cups. It's like 1970s era Tupperware, and it's it's my favorite cup to drink coffee out of. So just had to throw that that in there. So, uh, but for me, you know, dry, getting my driver's license that was huge. That was the thing I looked most forward to. You know, from the time I got to be about you know 11, 12, 13, right at that age where I really started wanting to have some independence. Uh, and and realizing, okay, for me, that independence came with the ability to drive and go do something on my own. And so so for me, get, getting my driver's license was huge. Um, graduating from high school, you know, kind of moving out on my own, getting, you know, having my first, you know, even, even really go, going back before that, Having my own room for the first time was a huge milestone yeah. because yeah. you know with siblings you know we shared rooms for so for so long and so much of my childhood the point where I got to have my own room was like really big a really big deal for for me. My kids get to do that when they move out of my house. That's <laughs> what I've told them. <laughs> another another big milestone for me that a lot of. Uh, kids now is also a big milestone, but it came at a very different time for me was getting my first cell phone, which happened when I was in college, um, which is, you know, most kids by the time they get to college now have had a cell phone for, you know, seven, eight, nine years or, or more. So, yeah. so that was a huge deal. I got my first Nokia phone. And, and, and that's one of the interesting things, uh, even as you do some research on, on current adolescence is that Getting a phone is a bigger milestone for a lot of kids than getting a car. So mm-hmm. much so that a lot of kids aren't getting their driver's license uh, till much, much later. Whereas when I was a kid, it was like 
the day I turned 16, mm-hmm. that's what I was doing. And, and so we did all my friends. But for them, you know, that's, that phone has been that portal into a different social mm-hmm. atmosphere. Some and, independence um, that comes with, with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we, we, we've set a pretty static age for our kids uh, to get their cell phone, which is 15, which is a lot later mm-hmm. than a lot of kids are getting them. And uh, well, actually, I think next week we're going to have a whole episode yeah. where we talk about devices and talk about some of those things and some philosophies of that. But, uh, but yeah, so, so those, those are kind of some of the, the things that are milestones. And yeah, so, absolutely. so the question that comes into that is, you know, when do you become an adult? And I think that's the struggle so many kids are facing. Like, do I become an adult when I hit puberty? Do I become an adult when I get a cell phone? Do I become an adult when I start driving a car? Do I get mm-hmm. a, become an adult when I graduate high school or college or get married or buy a house? And, 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 and that period of time where those things are happening, that window is getting broader and broader. And so, so it makes it really confusing and, yeah. and challenging and frustrating. And, um, you know, and this is, this is a book that I've had for a long time. This was written in the late 1990s. This is uh, called You Want to Pierce What? by Dr. Walker Moore. <laughs> and, uh, and Walker actually came to our church uh, right around the time this book came out and spoke to our church and spoke to our teenagers. And I bought his book. And, uh, and, and really, it had a lot of things that, as I look back and look back at this book, that had a huge impact on me, both my youth ministry and then later on in my parenting, because mm-hmm. uh, he talks a lot about rites of passage. He talks a lot about significant tasks and, and how to create a, a um, atmosphere of responsibility for our kids in a culture where that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's actually got a newer book that has some of these same concepts mm-hmm. called Rite of Passage parenting. Uh, and so we'll have links to both of those in our notes page, but some really good resources that flesh out even some more of the things we're talking about today. But one of the things he says is, you know, with all that, that confusion of that adolescence, uh, a lot of it has created a loss of significant tasks. So, so you get this rite of passage thing that's like a, an event or a ceremony, um, which we'll talk about more in the Jewish culture here in a second, but uh, that says you, you're no longer a child, you're now an adult. Well, we've kind of erased that a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, or at least blurred that line. But he says another thing that's changed in our culture is we no longer have significant tasks, which he describes as if, something that if you don't do it, other people significantly suffer. So, um, you know, so so one of the things he points out is that most kids today, if you ask them what jobs they have at their house, it's going to mm-hmm. be make my bed, mm-hmm. take out the trash. Yeah. Who's going to suffer if I don't make my bed? Yeah. No. Nobody. And you know what happens if you don't take out the trash? Um, it stinks, but you know, mom takes out the trash. Somebody, somebody will, (laughs) someone will eventually take out the trash. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's another part of this. As we create rites of passage, uh, we want them also to be things that create a significance uh, in their life. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think it's interesting that um, even even if you go back just fifteen or twenty years, I think if you asked for you know what are what are some of those those significant tasks, I think there would have been maybe some variance in answers, but there would have been some you know a handful of answers that that you would have gotten from a, a majority of people, and now I think that's a very wide open 
open-ended question yeah. with lots of different theories and, and, and opinions on that. You know, and I think this is interesting because we have very different, probably, experiences of this. But I'd say we both grew up in a situation where we had significant tasks. So mm-hmm. what, what were some of the things that you think uh, would fall in that category for you growing you know, up? Mowing the lawn was was the big one. Um, that was the one that I that I probably dreaded the most, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> many times worked worked twice as hard to avoid doing. But but mowing the lawn, you know, there, there's an excitement that gets of when you first get to do that though of of I'm old enough to operate a machine that could maim me or 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 worse um but but that that was a big one um you know taking out the trash um you know when we had pets taking care of pets feeding watering um those those types of things but uh I know for I for me obviously keep keeping my room clean and, and those types of things. But, but yeah, probably the big one for me was my, my job was mowing the lawn. Yeah. And, and I think it, I like what you pointed out about animals too, because I think there's such a interesting piece of that. I grew up on a farm mm-hmm. and, you know, my job was to get up and feed and water animals every day and every night. And uh, if I didn't do that job, there were significant consequences. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we've been really grateful is that we've been able to do some of that for our kids. And, and they've had to learn really hard lessons of mm-hmm. life there. There's been life and death moments. There's mm-hmm. been things that didn't make it for one reason or another. And uh, and we've suffered loss. And um, But they've had to deal with that. And yeah. so that's been really, really healthy and important for our kids. Yeah. Well, um, so so what are some suggestions on where maybe for parents mm-hmm. today of, of think, places to start when it comes to figuring out maybe what are some of those milestones and and what are some of those maybe uh, rites of passage passages that they can put into place in their family to to maybe help help kids have that that thing to look towards and and you know have have anticipation towards or also help them just move from from that stage of adolescence into adulthood. Yeah. I think one of the things is definitely setting age-appropriate chores or significant tasks at your home. And uh, that's that's been a huge part of our culture. We, we uh, I hope one day to have an episode where we kind of talk more about like our, our routine and our schedule, but, but we've got a very structured way that uh, kids move into jobs that uh, if, if they don't get it done, the whole family suffers. So uh, so we, we tend to do zones when the kids mm-hmm. get to double digits. So you're in charge of the kitchen, which means clean the dishes, which means sweeping the floor, which means putting food away, all of those kind of things. You're in charge of laundry, mm-hmm. which, again, at my house with six kids and two adults, <laughs> that's uh, a, a big a job. And, uh, and, you know, and then we've got other kids who do some of the outside jobs. And, you know, so and then everybody's in, responsible for their stuff in their room. Uh, and then we, we'll rotate those uh, because that's another piece. Uh, we don't want to be overload one kid and, and not uh, load the other. Sure. But at the same time, based on your children's ability and age, it's okay to withhold some things from certain kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, we, we it's it, it, the tendency in our culture is we want to be fair. And so, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, well, it's your birthday, but I'm going to get all your siblings a birthday present too, just so they don't feel bad. Like, <laughs> like that, that doesn't, that's not helping. Yes. <laughs> and so, so it's okay to say you're old enough to do this. You're not old enough to do that. Um, but, but we don't want to overload a kid with too many chores either. So, so we try to keep a balance in all of those things. Um, you know, and so, you know, the other thing I'd say about that age appropriate, uh, significant task or chores is, 
you know, they may not do it perfect. But if you can get a four or five-year-old to do the dishes or to fold mm-hmm. laundry or uh, to take out the trash, it's better to start them at that age mm-hmm. and train them into bigger t- tasks. Because uh, if you wait till they're 13, guess what? They're not going to want to do anything, mm-hmm. you know. So, so I think the earlier you can start that, the better. And and sometimes doing that maybe requires a little bit more patience and time than than it would even take for you just to do it yourself. And and sometimes are even for me. Um, and, and I even experienced this in childhood. Sometimes the tendency is to, you know, want to to say, well, that's taking too long, or you're not doing that right. Get out of the way and just let me do it. And and you know that. That's a difficult thing to refrain from sometimes, but but it's important to give them the opportunity to learn and and to make mistakes and you know walk maybe walk them through how to fix that. But but it does it takes an investment of time and effort to to train train someone to do something like that. It, and you know, our ultimate goal we have to always come back to this. Our ultimate goal is we want to raise good humans, and uh, you know and, and, and spiritual goals I think are always going to be highest for us uh, because more more than anything, my biggest goal with my uh, children, my family is, is I want to create an environment where they uh, can get to know and love the Lord and serve Him. and, and show. So that's really important. Um, and I'll talk more about that in a second. But, but also... We, we want to help them grow into be responsible adults. And so, you know, so we start out with things like cleaning tasks and house management tasks, but then, then we move into things like, like budgeting. And when they start making money, you know, how, how are you going to save? How are you going to give? Um, how are you going to be responsible with your money? Um, they, they graduate into certain bills in our mm-hmm. house, uh, you know, cell phone type things, uh, car insurance type things. They graduate into those. Um, and then, and then even giving them responsibilities as far as, um, you know, doing errands for the household, taking care of family budgeting issues, mm-hmm. you know, so we want to move them into being able to function. Um, you know, cooking is a huge one. Um, you know, all of my girls, uh, can cook well enough that if my wife's gone, I don't go hungry. And, uh, you know, so it's really great that they can do that, but it's because we've taken the time and letting them get flour and, uh, you know, <laughs> burn things on the stove. You know, I mean, all that's happened, but we've done that to get them ready for those kind yes. of kind of things. Absolutely. And, and then I think the the last thing on on that I would kind of say is is we also want to help them get involved in something of eternal value. You know, so so yeah. we, we want to create age appropriate significant tasks. We want to graduate them into uh, more adult tasks as they get older, and then we want to get them involved in something that's going to last beyond them. And so you know, so at our church. You know, we've we've kind of held to that rite of passage thing that there's certain things at our church you don't get to do until a certain age. Uh, one of the biggest being our missions trips. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've had kids who build so much excitement and anticipation getting to go to mm-hmm. on our Panama trip because they've watched their older siblings, they've watched older Absolutely. older students do that, and they can't wait till that day that they get to go on that trip mm-hmm. and uh, and serve. Uh, the church beyond our walls, beyond our borders, uh, that's a really great thing. And, and I've seen that have so much more, those trips have so much more of an impact or, you know, hold so much more value in, in those, those students' lives and how, just, just how it changes them because um, of the anticipation and seeing, you know, seeing people come back and talk about the things that they experienced there and, and just building up that anticipation. And then when they finally do get to go, I think they're just so much more open and ready and expecting of 
you know, something transformational to happen because they've seen that and now they've just been waiting, waiting for their opportunity. And so I, I fully agree that that's been a huge, huge thing. But the thing, big thing to come back from that is, is, is it doesn't start there. They don't show up to go to a Panama mission trip and that's the first Absolutely. thing they've served at. You know, we, we want to encourage them from very early to be involved in one way or another in the church, whether that's uh, being a part of the children's choir mm-hmm. uh, when they're in elementary school. Uh, and as they move up from there, you know, we've got lots of kids who serve real significant tasks at our mm-hmm. church, run technology, uh, sing in different uh, worship settings. Um, move, move chairs move and chairs. set up tables. Oh my goodness, yeah. So, yeah, that and that's a great tell for me if a kid's going to be able to be successful on a mission trip is do they jump in and serve when a servant opportunities yes. uh, there so so we try to graduate them into those kind of things yeah yeah absolutely what are, what are some other things in within the church that that are kind of those those moments of you know that have eternal value but that are kind of rites of passages or things that we kind of hold to um to yeah. to to certain age you know i i think it's really cool um We've we've developed our ministries at our church to be that we've got a elementary school, a middle school, a high school, a college ministry, but those are also a very integral, uh, interwoven part of the church mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, but there are certain things that you don't get to do until you get to middle school ministry. Um, uh, it's been really wonderful. Your wife has been a huge part of this, of starting uh, our kids in middle school, learning some instruments, uh, memorizing scripture, standing up in front of kids and mm-hmm. sharing announcements, just getting kids comfortable yes. with talking about their faith in front of other kids. Uh, so much so that when they get to high school, we've got kids who are ready to MC events, uh, to plan yes. organize events, to set up for events, to, to be in a worship mm-hmm. team. Uh, to share their testimony. And then as we develop them, we've watched a lot of those kids when the adult worship team needs a fill-in. Boy, they're, yeah. they're already ready because they've had Absolutely. years of experience of doing mm-hmm. those things under their belt. Uh, just yeah. super cool. And, yeah. and, you know, I can speak firsthand from the worship side of it, but, but it, it does. It covers a whole gamut of things. But it has been so amazing just to see as, as our kids ministry comes up and, and they train up children and, and prepare them, you know, that readies them for that transition to middle school. And then they grow in a different way when they get to middle school and, and that readies them for that transition to high school. And, you know, like you said, it's almost like we have a, I, I jokingly say we have a farm system, um, you know, because we really do. We have, we just, and I'm so thankful, you know, for our church and, and the the churches that, that are able to, to be blessed in the way that we have been, to have, you know, just a consistent string of, of leaders and future leaders that come through and and, and are trained up and, and by the time they get out of high school, you know, they're 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 just, it's just a continuation. They're serving serving in the church or, or the things that they're doing in ministry are just a continuation of the things that they've done since they they were a child. And and I think that is just a huge blessing. And and I know has been something that I've seen, you know, have long lasting kingdom impacts. Yeah, and and so I would just really encourage as as a parent, uh, if you don't know what the opportunities are at your church to plug students in, your your child into something, talk to some of the leaders. Um, if you do know, it's just really important. 
mm-hmm. as early as you can to get them involved in something significant mm-hmm. so that they can have that experience and that habit of, of doing significant things that have eternal impact. I think it's really Absolutely. Yeah. And and those there there's so many opportunities no matter what what your your interest or your gifting is, uh, you don't you don't have to play an instrument or, or sing or um, even be someone that's comfortable getting up in front of people to be able to have those significant, you know, long-lasting, impactful tasks and, and roles in, in ministry. We have, you know, I go back to it, but we have so many students that, that are just those ones that are always willing to help clean up after an event or move tables or, you know, carry things or just just be available. And, and that's just as significant in some ways. I feel even more well, significant. Yeah. It, it takes all those parts to make Absolutely. it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was some really uh, good uh, stuff uh, from back in the early days of when we just had started this podcast just a few weeks in. And so I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, If you hadn't heard it before or if you had heard it before, there were some good refreshers and reminders in there of how we uh, create those places where our kids have natural uh, progression points, things to look forward to, just some really great content there. Uh, We're really glad you joined us today. I will be back uh, on our next episode with Randall in two weeks as we talk about how to help parents find the help that their kids need. Uh, That's a lot of helps in there. So we're going to be doing that. But until then, remember, be abnormal. Mm -hmm.